Hello, everybody, and welcome to the VFX Insiders podcast. I'm your host, Scott Cedarleaf of Cedarleaf VFX, and today we're going to be talking with Nick Allen. Nick has been in film for 15 years, 10 in VFX, starting out as a VFX PA, data wrangler, and coordinator. Nick's current role is a VFX production supervisor slash manager, and just finished up Birds of Prey for Warner Brothers. So without any further delay, let's talk with Nick. Hello, Nick. Hey. Hey, Scott. how, are, how are you? Good, good, man. Good, good. Things are interesting, I'm sure. They sure are, yeah, definitely. How's the, how's the family? Everybody doing good? Good, yeah, good, healthy, trying to keep the kids uh, busy, so that's fun. <laughs> but if you don't mind me, this is going out there. What, what are your kids' age ranges again? I know. Uh, four years old and almost a year. Four and one, wow. Yeah. Yeah, good That's stuff. good times. Good stuff. Yep, the format of the show, as you know, is we're trying to just get all aspects of visual effects that, uh, you know, the dark arts is what someone had said, which is kind of neat because, yeah, I'm still learning all the, the rules and roles in, in visual effects uh, from our limited exposure to it um, from when we come on set. But it's just so interesting to hear what other people are doing and how they got into the business. How did you get into visual effects and uh, to where you are currently? Yeah, uh, I started in production. Um, I was a set PA forever and an AD forever. Um, I kind of fell into visual effects. I I was at a point where I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be a PA anymore because that was pretty miserable. Um, <laughs> and I didn't want to be an AD, which was the path that I had been going down for seven, eight years. Um, and I got into the DGA as a second and mm-hmm. I turned it on my days and I just didn't want to do it. So I was trying, I was desperately like trying to, to find something else to do. And I know I wanted to stay in film, but I didn't know like what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to maybe be in camera. So I like tried to reach out to be like a camera PA and, uh, and nothing was really happening. So I was working on the amazing Spider-Man, which was the first Andrew Garfield one. Okay. And in, in production. Time frame wise, give us some time frame. What, what year is this? Uh, 2010. 2010. Got it. 2010, okay. 2011, maybe. I, I think it was, I think it was December 09 and uh, then the beginning of the year in 2011, I think. Or 2010, sorry. So I, I was just a set PA and I was helping out. Um, and visual effects needed a hand one day to do some cyber scanning and some actor scanning. So mm-hmm. they just needed some like coordination between, you know, the AD department and them. So they asked, well, production was like, Nick, go do it, go help him out. I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> help him out for one day. I literally helped him out for one day and I didn't think about it again. And then two weeks later, they had asked the second Christina Fong, like, hey, is Nick available to help us out for like two weeks? Like we need, we need some hands. And nice. Christina told me that and I was like, uh, yeah, sure. Cause I, you know, she knew I didn't want to, you know, AD or PA for a while. So I kind of fell in it that way and then it stuck. And then I stayed on for the rest of the movie, um, as a VFX PA and they taught me how to data wrangle. Um, and then I ended up actually going into post as their, the VFX PA in post. Oh, wow. Okay. That kind of got me, that kind of got me started. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So I so- kind of fell into it. So you gravitated, obviously you kind of went up the ranks, so you didn't do you any type of, did you, what, what was your progression then from, you know, a VFX PA? Tell us how yeah. you 
Now, so, I guess, what's your current role? I guess that's what we should kind of establish. Uh, visual effects production supervisor, production manager, depending on the studio or gotcha. how they like to call it. Um, we just actually, on, on the film that I'm on now, they we were on as production managers, but then apparently the DJ said that the word manager you can't use, so we got retitled to production supervisors. Okay. Um, but it seems to be studio to studio has their own uh, vernacular when it comes to that position, but it's essentially the same position. Per uh, personally, I like the, the term manager because it gives a break. It, it, I always thought that production supervisor is a little misleading because some people think you're the visual effects supervisor, like the overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's not the case. So I, I always just kind of like manager personally, but you know. Well, it seems to be more what you kind of do as your role. You're managing yeah. all, kinds, all kinds of things, day-to-day -day people, things. It, exactly. Places. And right. I, you know, I don't, it, sometimes it gets confusing and people just don't don't understand which is fine so personally I like I like the manager but you know whatever they want but um but yeah so on the amazing spider-man I was PA and like I was saying they taught me how to data wrangle um or I was learning to data wrangle because I was interested in it um mm -hmm. on second unit so then when resheets came up on the amazing spider-man they actually let me be the data wrangler and with uh, one of the coordinators who was to teach me on set as well Marcus Termino which you know well yep. mm -hmm. um and <clears throat> He kind of took me under his wing for that and taught me all that. And then after the Amazing Spider-Man, like I knew I wanted to do visual effects. I knew I wanted to be a data wrangler, especially because it was being on set, which I like to do from all my set PA days. Yeah. But it was also not having to deal with all the ADPA bullshit, like your your own department, and you get a little more respect. I felt like, and it was it was I just really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But it, it took me a while to get that second job as a data wrangler, just because I tried hard not, I didn't want to PA anymore. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'm done PA and I want to be a data wrangler. So I kept going out as I'm a data wrangler, I'm a data wrangler, but I was having a very difficult time getting jobs because I didn't have, I only had one credit. Right. Right. And I went on one interview one time and the lady was like, Oh, so you're a data wrangler. I'm like, yep. And she's like, okay, but you've only done one project. Yeah. Yeah, I have. She's like, well, how, how many weeks? I was like, oh, it was like, I count up the weeks. She's like, oh, okay. So you really, you only have like a month of experience. And I was like, well, hold on. There's a little, and it was like, that was kind of what I was dealing with. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, the second job was always, was the hardest for me to find. Um, and once I did get that second job though, it was, it's been nonstop since. Great. Then. Wow. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's always that kind of tough, that tough break. You know, you have the lull, kind of like now, you know, we've got this lull and where's everything going to go? And, you know, trying to stay optimistic, there's always an up cycle, right? And everything kind of plummets and it's cyclical and then it slows down and then it's just going to go gangbusters here. Um, yes. So for everybody I'm to ready. catch up. Yeah. So am yeah, I. I'm ready. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you kind of went through wrangling then and then um, you did that for how long till you got to coordinator? Because I know you and I worked, I think we first met, it was on Turtles, right? Uh, turtles. Yeah. And I had done so, but I knew of you and through email just because you guys see the set stuff. And I hopped on, on like the first day of post when they came back to LA. That's right. So that was, I think that was our introduction. Um, but yeah, so I went from data wrangling to being a coordinator, um, on the same film, which was really helpful. So yeah, that was, uh, SpongeBob too. Sponge <laughs> out of water. Uh, where I was, it's, it's, it's it was a fun movie. Uh, but it was, um, I was a data wrangler on that. 
And then again, I jumped in on post. And when I came into post, I just, I was a coordinator. Got it. So I skipped kind of like the assistant coordinator stuff and just went straight to being a coordinator. And I picked it up pretty quick. Um, just, you know, I, I think the years of being an AD and like that whole mindset and just getting it done and like quickly adapting, figuring out, like I, I picked it up pretty quick. Right. So, right. you know, it was that, um, it was turtles. And then I got, uh, Warcraft after that, mm -hmm. um, for post and then turtles after that. And that's where we met. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So that's, and then uh, Turtles, and then we kind of kept in touch after that. So you were still doing coordinating at that point, And then you just, now we're kind of getting yeah. closer to where we are present day. We've been on a couple of other shows since then. Yeah. But then, uh, but the, the, so the, with the, the supervisor, or manager, I should say, sorry, sure. manager, that's, that's kind of where you are now. Um, what, what's the day to day like with a, a production manager? Is, is it different? I mean, you're also, I mean, it's again, I'm kind of thinking a lot here because you're one of the rare people um, who are kind of both uh, on the production side and you can dip into post. So you've, yeah. done, you've done both. So I guess that's another question I guess we can ask now or, you know, we can just uh, jump into it after the fact. But, um, you know, well, let's just talk to it. What, how, how's it different from being on the production side versus post? Is it is it nice to have that balance or blend? Yeah. I mean, personally, I, I personally, I enjoy that. Um, I think once I had, once I had like my first taste of posts, cause again, like I was a set guy for like 10 years. Right. So once I had that taste of post on SpongeBob, I was like, Oh, this is kind of nice. Like kind of going to going to an office, going to desk, like hours aren't that bad. Like I'm not waking up super early. Like I'm on my feet all day. Yeah, 16 it, it was nice. Yeah. So I, I mean, you still do long days, but it's different, right? It, yeah. I, you know where you're going every morning too. It's like, I'm going to the office instead of like, Oh, where's the call sheet? Let me look at the map and figure out what I'm doing. Right. Um, right. So once I got that taste, I was like, you know what? Like I kind of like this better. Um, I did one more data wrangling job after that. And then I was like, I'm done. I, I don't want to be on, I don't want to data wrangle anymore. Data wrangle anymore. It's just too, <laughs> it's too much of a grind. It was like, I want to, you know, be a coordinator. Right. So, and it's a good blend, right? So if you can do the full show, like what I like about visual effects is like, I can get my, my set fix during yeah. the shoot and then yeah. my post fix. And then when I'm tired of being in post and the show's done, it's like, I pick up any job and I I'm able to go back on set. Yeah, that so sounds it's like a good pretty, ba it's a good balance. Yeah, good pattern, good cycle. I like that. Yeah, good. it's so, good. Excellent. So let's let's talk your your present day role. What uh, what's a day to day like in that position? Yeah, I you know it. I think it both production, like, both production and post. Yeah, you know, to stuff. speak in like you know an overall, I think that depending on the show, depending on the producer, since the VFX producer and the production supervisor, production manager work, should work very closely together as well as with the overall supervisor. And I think that depending on the needs for each production and each supervisor, the roles could be different. Okay. Um, you know, there's definitely different um, needs and roles that the production manager fills. Um, you know, some, some work with finances, help with producer finances. Some, uh, do a lot of shot tracking in the database. Mm -hmm. Some do, uh, you know, are more technical stuff. They do a lot more of the, the set coordinating type of stuff, if you will. Right. Um, and it just kind of depends on what that team needs and what that 
producer needs. Um, gotcha. That being said, uh, I kind of like to do everything. Um, I, <laughs> I also, I also like to be well, well balanced. So I, yeah. I like to know some of the finances. I like to know the set stuff. I like to know how to, to track stuff in a database because those are all very important jobs. Right. However, I feel like sometimes, I feel like sometimes you'll get people that only are really good at one of those disciplines mm -hmm. and is potentially bad for the show since it's not, I think a good production manager, a good production supervisor is well-rounded and can handle all three of those tasks, four of those tasks, if you will. Yeah. Um, and that, because each, because kind of going back to your question, each, each uh, you know, prep and shoot and post have their own needs. And if you're able to know how to handle every zone, if you will, at the time, it's going to be good because in, in prep, it's a lot of, you know, managing storyboards, managing previs, managing the team. Mm -hmm. And then in shoot, it's like, okay, managing the data wranglers and the LIDAR scanning and the cyber scanning and talking to all the departments and talking to the ADs to schedule after times and prop times and, you know, talking to locations and productions to get, you know, set scan all the time. Right. So there's, there's all that. And once you can get a handle on, you know, the production stuff, like that's great, but then there's the whole post aspect and right. that's, that's a whole nother beast. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's shop tracking, that's financing, that's, you know, scheduling, that's talking to the vendors, getting status reports, uh, making sure everybody's staying on, on track and waiting your, uh, weighing your, you know, your workload and seeing like, okay, like, are we in trouble? Because looking at everybody's projected final dates, like we're going to get slammed the last two weeks. Let's talk to them and see if we can balance that out a little bit. Right. You know, right. It's there's, there's a lot. And I, I hope that kind of <laughs> answered your question a little bit. No, no. I think, it, it, I think that I, I dabble in all of that, like with the show and I, you know, it's also, you need to, you know, listen, you need to see what the producer needs and, and see what the supervisor needs. And if you can, find a strong team around you. If you can get strong coordinators, if you can get strong data wranglers, mm -hmm. your, your roles will, will change a little bit. You always like, you know, as a production supervisor, yeah, that makes manager, sense, yeah. you, you pick up, I feel like personally, like I pick up where my team is lacking, right? So I'll spend more time, for example, focusing on setting up LIDAR scanning and, you know, actor Scanning if you know the coordinator is not that strong in that, I'll you know put my attention onto that. Or if you know the supervisor is needing help because the data wranglers aren't that strong, I'll step in to kind of help with that somehow. You know, managing that it, it just all kind of depends. It's picking up the loose, you know, picking up the slack. No, I but, yeah, I think it's fascinating because it's just just hearing you explain that it it takes like you say it takes a person with good managerial kind of background or skills to to understand you know, just sit back and observe, like you said, what is, where are the weaknesses and where can I shore that up? Uh, just and kind I of think that's for the, the betterment hardest, of the production. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the harder part of the harder parts of the job is uh, managing people. I think managing people is difficult in general. And then add, add that in like an environment like this and then tons of personalities when it comes to like every department you're inter interacting with and all their stuff going on. It's, I think that's, you know, that's, that can be challenging at times. Yeah. No, I, I can, yeah, that's, that seems to be the, the, the underlying, um, you know, I guess the trait that it, to working in visual effects is just to really understand and, you know, it just, just be observant, 
it, it just kind of go in and watch what's happening and see what the flow is, see what the personalities are like. And then you can kind of just, you know, jump in and, and feel where, where they're lacking. I think that's a talent. I really do. I think that's a, a, something, it's a mindset and it's a, it's a gift to be able to kind of navigate all the nuances of, like you said, a group of people under a lot of stress, under a lot yeah. of pressure, but it's still a fun environment uh, for the most part. But it's yeah, and really I good. think being a, being a CPA really helped me with a lot of that because you deal with every department and right. you also deal with every department when people are like, okay, you're a PA, you know? So you're like, you're always trying to, I, I don't know, at least I was always trying to not like gain their respect. I think that's, that's bad because I, I try really hard to respect all the PA, especially now I'm being one, you yeah. know, but yeah. there's definitely guys and ladies out there that are very rude to set PAs, very rude to PAs. So I was always trying to be as friendly as I could and, and try to get them to, you know, yeah. listen, listen to me. And I think that helped by, you know, having to talk to, having to talk to catering, transpo, the electricians, the grips, like every department, you know, it, it, I think it helped when it comes to managing. Yeah. No. Yeah, of course. It, it, yeah. That, I mean, it, that helps. And I think it's, it's almost like, you know, we've talked about it before. Um, it's like the old apprenticeship days, you know, you kind of pay your dues and work your way up. And, and it, it's just interesting that, you know, a lot of people, do they stay in the production because they love that or do they want to switch out and go into VFX? And that's kind of yeah. what we're, we're talking about here that, you know, there's so many other avenues that this whole industry can take. We can talk about it for days and days, <laughs> but it's just, yeah. it's just really, a, a, it's just such a unique environment. So it's just exciting just to see people's stories on how they go. So Nick, we're going to take a break here. It's uh, we're, we're yeah. going to come back and, uh, we're going to talk about um, the pros and cons of being a production manager in VFX. Uh, we've touched on it there just before, uh, but we're going to talk about that when we come back. So everybody stay with us. We're talking to Nick Allen, production coordinator. Oh, production manager. <laughs> we'll be right back after this message. everybody we're back talking to Nick Allen production manager um, and we are going to now follow up with Nick to find out you know he touched on it it's about talking with people and working with people but we're going to talk about the pros and cons or the good and bad um, of what you do as far as a production manager so let's what do you want to do are you have glass empty or glass full you want to start with the good or bad uh, you know there, there's a lot of good there's a lot of bad. I mean, I, I enjoy, I enjoy what I do. I, I, I like it a lot. It's, you know, like I said, personally, I, I like how I could do every, 
every aspect, like I can be in every aspect where it's prep, shoot, post. And I think personally, like that's a good balance for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know some people that, you know, just love set and they just want to be a data writer and like, like get on them. Like, that's good. Like if you can grind that out, if you can do that and that's what you love to do, like go for it. But I needed that diversity, that little bit of change of scenery. Um, you know, it's, it helped me. I, I think that's probably what, I would like, I like most about the job too. And just like overall in film too, it's like you do shit that you wouldn't normally do at a normal job. Right. You know, going to places that you would never get to go or, or do things <laughs> that you would never get to see, you know, travel. It's, you know, you're working, but you got some time off and at least you can see some of the, the city, even if you're working on, you know, 18 hour days or whatever, six days a week. It's, yeah. It, you know, that, it, that's definitely, it definitely grinds. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what's good about the job. And that's also, you know, having a family. That's what's hard too, being away. Yeah, young kids. Loca- location, yeah. young kids, all that, you know, away from the wife. It's, that's difficult. That's hard. Um, you know, it's, so I guess that those are the pros and the cons, I guess, on the same, <laughs> the same thing, being able to travel and, and, <laughs> and all that. But that's what's good too. Like, again, going back to this, it's like I could go, uh, prep right which is most of the time in LA and then you'll do some on location um, shoot on location and then come back and be in post for a little like a year yeah right so yeah. I can be away for a few months and then also come back and I know for sure that I'm post is you know 99% of the time in LA you know there's there's some shows that post in New York but most of the stuff's in LA yeah so it works out well for me yeah no. Oh, we've got, you've got your other, your other child. So. Oh uh, yeah. My dog. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's, that's the beauty of these podcasts. It's just that, you know, we're just, we're, we're right in people's lives right here. So that's yeah. great. <laughs> so, so, so I think, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the ringing, you know, kind of resonance with everybody with the industry. It's, it's the good and bad. It's being away, but it's just, at least it's something that I think we all love because it is such a creative process and everybody has uh, a goal, you know, Hey, we got to get this thing done and wrapped in 13 weeks or, you know, whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to take it a different direction and just see where do you think VFX is going now with, you know, all of these super heavy VFX shots and, it seems like um, almost everything yeah. is, is VFX. How, how has that changed, you know, in just the few years that we've been working together? Where do you see, where do you see that going? Is it getting easier or is it just getting more complicated with, with all that's going on? With the I think things are, I think things are getting easier, um, but also more complicated, if you will. Like, you know, look at the Mandalorian's a good example, um, doing a big scale LED wall. Um, yeah. And the, the, technical achievement there is pretty significant and the amount of work that's needed to accomplish that is tremendous. Right. So that, that is something that is cool and everybody's super into led walls these days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the whole like getting a camera yeah. mentality again, but there's so much back end uh, prep that goes into that. So that's a challenge. That's a challenge in its own. So I, I think in terms of like pushing the boundaries and new technology, there's definitely always going to be a challenge and doing something new and learning all that. And then there's stuff that just gets, gets easier, you know, just as, as technology, you know, progresses faster computers, uh, you know, smarter cameras, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 
higher megapixels cameras, yeah. you know, stuff like that. It's so it's you know, there's it's both. I know it's kind of a shitty yeah. answer, but it's, no, no, it's, no, it's both. It's both. Uh, I, I think both. You know. No, and I see. I think it's it, even what we do. We we see that the richness of of the data that we collect is getting better. You know, because the scanners are getting better and you're getting higher megapixel imagery to burn onto these. And so I guess a lot of people, I mean, they probably do realize, but they don't understand that it does have some impact because moving all these heavy data sets, um, getting the information out to the vendors, what's the, what's the best way to get the information out to the vendors. And I think that's a great um, segue kind of what you were saying that I think it's better at least from my opinion, that someone like yourself stay on through the whole project from, from production through post because uh, you have to, you just there, the, you keep that you synergy, have to. the continuity. I don't, yeah, it's, you really need the continuity. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I, I kind of going back to what we talked about, like, I think a good production manager, production supervisor knows how to handle all three aspects of, of a shoot, which would be prep shoot and post. Mm -hmm. Because there's so much to learn in each of them. Right. And it only makes you better in the long run. Because you can have somebody that's only been on set and doesn't know anything about posts. So has right. no idea how that data that they capture actually is used on the back end. Right. So that's what made me a better data wrangler was data wrangling and then going into post. And I was like, oh, shit, that's why you really need to do X, Y, and Z. Or <clears throat> this is would be more important to get versus like, distance to the blue screen or bad example, but <clears throat> excuse me, something like that. Right. Right. So it's, it, I think that it's definitely, it's good to have continuity. Um, I think even to the point where if you can get, like, if you're starting a team, you're starting a movie, if you can get a production manager on at the beginning, that, I mean, that's what you need. The strong one. That's good. If you could also get a coordinator on that, that's really a plus. Right. Um, right. And I also think too, that not only is that good for the movie, but that's good for that coordinator. Because then they're able to experience all those different aspects. And if they want to be a production manager, that's a great way to learn. Yeah, that's the training the whole, ground the whole, right there. The whole process, yeah. Because there's a lot of production managers, a lot of production supervisors that are really good at one thing. Like we, we kind of talked about this earlier, but it's like they're really good on set. Yeah. And like, oh, that's great. Or they're really good at organizing LIDAR scanning and, and texture photography. They're great at that. But when it comes to post, it's, they're not good at that. Or the other way around. They're really good at shot tracking. They're really good at doing finances, but they struggle when it comes to doing the set stuff. Right. So I think getting somebody that knows everything is great. And I think trying to get coordinators on early to see that full process only makes them better in the long run. Yeah. Now I, I it's an interesting question now. Do you think, in your opinion, does that because of someone like yourself, someone like yourself who's gone through you know the the production side as a PA and is a you know an AD and that obviously we talked about that that was beneficial to you would you recommend that they they do that or is that just still kind of just the again the, yeah. the fragment depends on what you want to do like right. if you're content with being a, a coordinator like if you just want to be a coordinator totally don't i mean don't worry about it you just want to be a data wrangler i mean again like i would recommend trying to get a job in post yes. um, just to it totally make you understand the job better right. um but I, I think that if you want to be a VFX producer, if you want to be, if you want to be a supervisor, like I think you, you need to understand every aspect. Right. Like you're, you're not doing yourself any favors by 
only being really good at one thing. Right. And you know, I try hard to, to learn as much as I can, not only about my department, but other departments, Mm -hmm. just because the more that I understand how editorial works, the more that I understand how sound works, it just makes our, it makes your job easier. And look, I don't need to know like the ins and outs of how to use an Avid. I don't need to know like, you know, sound mixing, but Mm -hmm. if I can understand like why we need to lock reel two to get it over to sound because of all the shit that they're going to have to do, like Mm -hmm. I can make better decisions on the, I can make better decisions at the beginning to really focus energy on reel two to get that to sound, to get that over to, to DI. It, it definitely knowing a little bit, just a little bit, like, yeah, again, yeah. Like you don't have to know, you don't need to be able to sit down at an app and be able to cut a sequence or export out a sequence. But right. if you just know a little bit, like if you understand their job, just the bare, you know, if you understand the job 10%, it yeah. will make you exceptionally better at your job. Yeah, no, that, that's, again, it's just, again, observation and just being willing to, to learn and just kind of sit And back. that's the thing. Yeah. And that's yeah. the big, that's one of the big differences that I see with coordinators or PAs that want to be in visual effects. Like some people just hustle and they want to do it and they're looking and they're learning and they're trying to do stuff. Yeah. And some are just complacent and they just chill and wait for you to give them something to do. <laughs> yeah, and, that's and that's, you know, and, and I can tell right away, like if you, if you say you want to be, uh, if you're a PA and you say you want to be in visual effects and, and you want to be a coordinator, like I can tell right away in the first week of working with you, if you're, it, if I think if that that's going to work, yeah. if that's going to work just based <laughs> off how, and, and look, that's, that's kind of like a, a general statement. Like some people are more introverts or, or shy and stuff. And I get that, but you, you know, it's like the hustle and the wanting to do stuff and how can I help like that type of attitude that will mm-hmm. lead towards progression. That will lead towards <clears throat> like you're talking about is like, you know, just getting everything, figuring yeah. it all out. Right. Right. No, I, you know, and I think that's just kind of a great segue into kind of the next question is that, you know, you've touched on it. What's, what's the best advice out there for someone who wants to progress up the ranks? So if you're a PA, let's just start there. If you're, if you're a visual effects PA. Okay. All you PAs, uh, listen up, listen up. Yeah. If you, if you want to be a visual effects PA, how about even that? You want to be a visual effects PA. Okay. (laughs) First show some interest in visual effects. Yep. Okay. That, that's a good you know, start. Getting, getting, all right. We, we won't talk about what's the best way to get a job now, but if let's say you get this job, you're a VFX PA, let's say that you're a VFX PA in post, right? Yep. <clears throat> start, you know, you're, you're doing kind of the, the, the normal PA stuff. You're getting crafty. You're doing lunch orders. You're doing dinner orders. You're doing that. But like we were saying, if you really are interested, start learning what a coordinator does, learn the job above you. Mm-hmm. that's learn like watch that coordinator watch that assistant coordinator what are they doing oh, okay they're doing data io okay ask them to show you like hey show me how a sparrow works how are we doing this package like gotcha. get them get yourself used to using these this software these programs that the level up uses mm-hmm. because once you start getting into the grasp of that then they could be like, Hey, you know, you know, John is really picking up the sparrow. Maybe he can start downloading packages. It's like, all right, cool. I'll give him a chance. Yeah. Like start downloading packages. Okay. You're doing that. Cool. Uh, learn FileMaker or shotgun, whatever you're, you know, whatever you're sure using. using. Yeah. yeah. Use that, figure that out. Start, you know, 
and, and that's one of those things where you got to kind of use it and every show is different, but mm-hmm. you figure, you figure out the database, you figure out how to do the basics and it's like, okay, let me start importing subforms. So mm-hmm. now you're essentially learning the job as an assistant coordinator or coordinator mm-hmm. at a PA level. And then if you, I mean, at least in my experience, like if you show that like, Hey, you're getting this, it's making sense to you. You want to do it <laughs> next show. It's like, Hey, let's let, you know, John, you be an assistant coordinator. Like there you go. Right. And just try, I always just say this, try to learn the job above you if you can. Yeah. Try yeah. hard. If you want to, if you want to, if you're a PA, you want to be a coordinator, learn what a coordinator does. If you're a coordinator and you want to be a production manager, see what the production manager does. If you're a production manager and you want to be a VFX producer, figure out what VFX producers do. Yeah. Like that's, you know, it, it's, it sounds like, yeah, easy enough, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it can be challenging. It's hard. It's not, you know, it's not just like, hey, show me what you're doing. There's, you know, sometimes when people are stressed and shit's going down and you're in the, the final, you know, month of mm-hmm. delivery, it's it's not that. Sometimes you just want to do it yourself and you don't have the time to teach somebody. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's the only way they can learn. So, so. Yeah, I, I think it's just, again, the advice would be just to sit back and be open to learning and le- learning how, how you can be. Hey, yeah, kind of stay two steps ahead and just kind of understand how can I be more helpful? How can I be more useful in my position? Yes, that's, that's, and that's definitely a good, that's a good sign of like a good visual effects PA coordinator, just always willing to, you know, how can I help? Right. Well, let's, um, you know what, we're going to, let's do this. Um, We're going to take another break and uh, we'll finish up again. There's uh, a couple more questions I'd like to ask you. We're going to, I'd love to hear how you, how you market yourself. I know that's the other thing. And we all know it's kind of word of mouth out there and you work with teams of people that you have good chemistry with, of course. And, mm-hmm. and, and then we're going to finish up with um, some of the, one of the, what's the craziest or most oddball thing that you've experienced in visual effects. So um, Nick, stand by everybody. We're going to be right back. We're talking to Nick Ellen, a production manager for visual effects. Um, we'll be right back after this message. Stay with us. everybody we're back we're talking with nick allen uh we are going to follow up now with the the ever confusing in the maze of marketing yourself in visual effects what's what works for you uh it's networking it's you know i i have a i don't say that a system but what i tend to do especially at the end of a job if i'm like a month and a half out from being done with the job, uh, I'll 
<clears throat> slowly start emailing people, letting them know, hey, heads up, I'm going to be available. I'm just working on this. Here's my resume, whatnot. So I give like a month and a half runway. Okay. And then Good a lot of the times, time. a lot of the times they're like, oh, hey, like that's kind of far out, but uh, why don't you email me when I get closer? I'm like, okay, cool. So now, you know, three weeks out, I'll email them again and be like, hey, three weeks out, like blah, 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 <laughs> you know, let me know. So it gets me a chance to like get two emails in, which pings them, I guess, puts it on the radar, you right, know? Right, right. Um, and I usually just have kind of a go-to, you know, go-to list at like some of the studios um, that I feel comfortable emailing some of the VFX executives or right. VFX directors. Um, and that just comes from, you know, talking to them and, and having a good relationship on the shows that I've done with all of them. Right. Um, e you know, even if my, even if my, you know, relationship with them was very minimal and like they only came for review every once in a while. And I just said, Hey, I was friendly. Or maybe I sent them an email for like some spare link or some, something like that. It's just like, Hey, if you know, it's Nick from yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah. just I'm available. I mean, have you got anything in the resume? Thanks. Gotcha. Um, and that's it. I, I think, and that's, that's worked for me. It's worked well for me. Um, especially because I, I mean, I'm the type of person that I don't really take much time off between jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's kind of hard, especially with a family, uh, yeah. to have a lot of, a lot of downtime. So, yeah. and, and a lot of times too, it's like, I'll work with these producers and they don't get, they don't need to take jobs right away or they don't want to take jobs right away. So they'll take a couple months off and that usually doesn't work out too well for me. Yeah. So I, I have tended to, to jump around to like producer to producer, team to team for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, and, and not because I, I haven't liked working with them. It's just because out of necessity, right? just out of like you just the work. needed the work, right? Yeah. You, you take what so, comes your way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know and so it's just, that's kind of how I've always approached it. Um, and having like a nice, clear, a clear resume. I think like seeing, you know, I get a lot of resumes. I see a lot of resumes and, the biggest, the biggest thing, the biggest advice that I could give for resumes um, would be keep it simple and clear. Mm -hmm. Put the put the movie that you worked on, right. And especially if you're trying to be a coordinator, if you're trying to be a data wrangler, put the name of the supervisor, the name of the producer, uh, the name of the production manager if you're below a production manager. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know if you're a data wrangler, put the coordinators. Right. It's just I, I can't remember who who told me this, but it's always been good advice. I think it might've been Laura Nelson, but it was like, put everybody you've worked with, put, put people's names on your resume that you worked with right. on that because you, people can be scrolling resume and it's like, okay, I've never heard of this movie, but oh, I worked with so-and-so. Yeah. Like, like right. oh, oh, you worked with them? Okay. Like a lot of people don't know everybody's, you know, IMDb by heart, even if they're, you know, have a good relationship with them. So it's like, oh, I'll call up, you know, this person and, and get the scoop on right you know so i think that was some good advice that i got it yeah was, no no that's helped, helped me yeah see and that's what i my selfish you know my my selfish approach to this because that's a great idea you know how it's it, everybody learns from everybody and that's a, yeah. that's a great idea and i think that's a that's good advice whoever that person was yeah you know, the other the other thing too is like if you don't like i struggle with this like at the beginning, like I said, like I didn't have a lot of everybody. Nobody has a lot of jobs, right? Yeah. You have like one or two credits, right? Yeah. So when I had those one and two credits to fill my resume, I put what I did. Yeah. Like everything that I did on that movie. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I was like, oh, they know how to do IO. They know how to take notes. They know how to do this. Like, okay, it 
it fills up the resume when there's just two credits. <laughs> yes, that's a you good, know? good And advice. I did that for, yeah. I, you know, I did that for the first couple of years. And then once I had enough credits that I didn't need to like have paragraphs of like bullshit, yeah. I, I just put the shows and the people's names that were on it. Exactly. Yeah. Now I keep your resume to one page. That's the only advice I should give. Yeah. Well, that's like our attention span, right? It's only what, seven seconds that if you, uh, you've got seven seconds on a website, if someone doesn't like it, they're gone. You know, and then that's the same thing with people reading anything. You know, they don't, yeah. if they, they usually scroll to the end of the email to see how long it is. <laughs> At least I, I, I do, but you're right. That's, that's really good advice as well. So. And send it as a PDF. Don't send it as a word doc. <laughs> End yeah. Of, so end everybody of can open it. <laughs> yeah. Good, good idea. Yeah. We're just kind of transitioning now, Nick. We all have something that we just never thought we would do, or we've been in a situation we never thought we'd be in excluding current circumstances right now yeah what is something that just comes right out at you that was either the most uncomfortable or the most uh bizarre thing or the the funniest thing that's happened happened to you through, uh, through your yeah FX I, I mean look there's definitely there's been definitely a lot of like uncomfortable moments when you're like in the room with studio execs and a director and things get get heated or you know arguments and so yeah. without going into too much detail like i've seen you know studio creatives and directors like arguing and being really you know snarky to one another in front of rooms full of you know Strangers. people where it's like yeah essentially or you know and that gets super uncomfortable and i've seen i've definitely seen screaming matches in post i've seen screaming matches on set too wow you know so yeah Wow. You know, those are definitely those uncomfortable moments, but at the same time, like, oh, this is kind of good. Where's this going? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's How's like, it going to play out? Oh, yeah. shit. You're going to get fired? Oh, man. Yeah, like, you, better, you better hit record on your phone so you can capture yeah. the brawl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's definitely been some uncomfortable, you know, studio moments that I've seen um, on multiple movies. And, right. uh, you know, I, I think some of the best or like the wildest stuff is like we touched on it before, it's just like traveling, just going places. Like, yeah. you know, you get, you know, being in film just in general, like you get access to places that you would never be able to go. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I was on a movie, this is when I was in production, but I was on a movie and we were like on the rooftop of the Paris hotel in Las Vegas. Okay. Like filming, like never get a go up there ever again, you know, like in the view it was great. It was crazy. You know, it's like shit like that or going to Hawaii and just being on like a, pontoon boat with like a techno crane and just shooting plates yeah, you know? that's true. just like like cool stuff like that like they flew you out to like you know to turtle bay and you know we shot for a week like it was great yeah uh, you, know, you know that's some other good advice too for people just to you know don't take to, don't take it for granted where you are you know i mean yeah you're working but you know just take a little pause hit the pause button and just kind of stop and look around you and be, say, yeah and you know, be nice to people too like we were yeah. shooting uh goosebumps in atlanta and our data wrangler, Ian Doss, was like, hey, I'm going to go do some plate photography on the roof. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. We didn't, we had no need, you know, but we asked location. It was like, hey, you want to do some photos on the roof? And they were like, okay, talk to the site rep. And the site rep's like, yeah, sure. And she brought us up to the roof and we like kind of took some photos for fun. Like there was a lot of downtime. We we're waiting for it to get dark. Yeah. And then we we're just chatting her up. And she's like, hey, you want a tour? So she gave us a full tour of, um, oh God, what was the place called? Uh, the Tabernacle in Atlanta. Oh. Oh wow! And yeah, she like she took us up into like all the little creepy rooms, like inside like the organ, like all oh, this nice. like crazy shit that like nobody gets to do. So yeah, that's awesome. Just just being nice and uh, you know, shout out to Ian for 
saying like, hey, let's go up to the roof. <laughs> so <laughs> coming up with not being afraid to ask for the idea. Yeah. Yeah, never, exactly. It's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. I know. So it's just crazy stuff like that, which you would never get to, to experience if, you know, you weren't in the film, I guess. No, I, I hear you. So, well, Nick, we're, we're coming up to the end of the time here and we always want to also end with is, is what's up with you next. What, obviously we're on hiatus, all of us until we, everything picks back up, but, yeah. What's, uh, uh, any, anything you want to plug? Anything you want to get a shout out to? Um, and we'll also put this information out on the show notes for if anyone yeah, wants to reach um, Yeah, if you want to, uh, uh, I, I sell Chrome balls, Chrome 5050 balls um, at allenvfx.com. Uh, okay. The website, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm currently transitioning the website from, it's going to get super techie, from Squarespace to, spot, to Shopify. Okay. Uh, just because it's it's easier platform. There you go. Selling goods. There. there you go. Yep. Yeah. So there's we got Chrome balls, um, slates, VFX slates are kind of cool. You know. Oh yeah. Um, so I've been doing that for a little over a year now. Um, uh, also, I'm part of Big Flick Rentals, and we rent uh, gear like data wrangling gear, set gear, uh, round shots. Anything, witness cams, all sorts of stuff. Um, that's bigflickrentals.com. You can check us out there. Excellent. Um, get some good get some good stuff for your next shoot. Awesome. Well, thank yeah, that's great. Everybody that we'll have those links on the show notes on the website. And so you guys look uh, if anybody wants to reach out to Nick, uh, feel free to go there. But yeah. Nick, I just wanna thank you again for taking the time to be on the show with me and taking time out to chat. It's always great to talk with you and learn new things even every time we talk so thanks scott thanks for having me appreciate it man.